this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez, and I hope everyone is having a fantastic day today. I tell you, the weather is absolutely beautiful here in Alabama today, uh, and it's just, I'm, it's going to continue to get better and better. So, hope wherever you are in the world, your day is getting better and better, uh, you know, and then I hope you wake up um, wherever you are to a beautiful day as well, because you know what? We all deserve a really good day, do we not? And that's why I think I close the, the podcast every time with, if you don't like your day, you know, got a great, great idea. Change your thoughts and your day will change. And that's why I like to close it out with that, because it's so true and it's so relevant uh, to know that we have a part to play. In other words, we have a, we can participate, you know, in our day to change our day. And so that thrills me. It really does. It's not a day that's just, that's just automatically I'm thrown into the day and whatever the day does and brings to me, I just have to submit to it. We have a part to play in life. And that's the beautiful thing about it is we can choose joy. We can choose happiness. We can choose, you know, pleasure. We can choose to be sad or mad, or we can choose to say, Hey, I want to get educated. I want to learn more to change my, my status of my, you know, my economic status. You know, I want to be able to do this and do this. So there's a great participational door waiting for us to walk through it. Is it not? And that's a beautiful thing about life. It really is, is we have a part to play, a role to play in our lives. And I'm thrilled to know that. I really am. And, you know, I think when you awaken to that reality, it's everything in your life changes. You know, to know that everything's not just sort of rehearsed and you do it the way you rehearse it. I like the fact that I have a part to play. My mind can have a part to play in how my day plays out. My mouth has a part to play in how my day, you know, uh, works out. Everything about me has the God DNA in me that can actually change and shift and bring revolutions, bring changes, bring evolution, bring whatever it is in our lives that we need to bring forth. And I love that about life. I really do. love that about the kingdom of God that works in us to be able to give us that empowerment to do that. So I'm going to talk to you guys today just for a little bit about my brand new book for the month of March, which I'm really thrilled and honored to be able to present to you guys today because it is going to be good. And it's called Blueprints for Stress-Free Life. Blueprint for Stress-Free Life. And I tell you, I'm thrilled about it. I'm honored about it because, you know, a lot of times people ask me, you know, I've just got so much going on in my life. And, you know, and I, and you guys have heard me throughout the years teach on warfare and what, what, what warfare really is and what warfare really is not. And, and I, and I feel like it's changed a lot of lives. A lot of you came to me saying, you know what? My life has changed, you know, because I read that book on warfare. I now know what's real and what is made up in my mind and then what I am participating in and what I'm creating, right? And so a lot of people has changed. But this book on Blueprint for Stress for Your Life doesn't really talk about that. It doesn't talk about the, uh, you know, the necessity of warfare. It doesn't talk about exactly what happens when I'm under attack. What basically it talks about is how to begin to present each and every day with a new stress-free mentality. And, and what I do in the book is I bring forth a lot of amazing points, a lot of revelations, a lot of different things that really help guide you on understanding how to be able to live stress-free. You know, if you think about it, God never created us to be full of stress. 
You know, in the very beginning with Adam and Eve, you know, um, whatever that story looks like, the truth is they didn't look like they had a lot of stress going on, right? I mean, you know, and, and, and so when you look at that, we l- realize that we live in a fallen world that brings forth pain and sorrow and stress, but it also brings forth joy. You know, the Bible says pleasures forevermore. You know, there's joy and pleasures forevermore. There's a place of grace and, and, and enlightenment and awakening that we can all enter into. And I think every day of our lives, there's two doors that actually are inviting us to enter into them. And one of them is that joy, that door of, you know, bringing up the past. You know, you'll never change. These things will always be in your life. Look at the, look at the way you were raised. You were raised on the wrong side of the, of, of, of the, tra- of the train tracks. You know, uh, you were raised this color. You were raised that, you know, way. You were raised, the, you know, no money, with money. You know, it's got one side of the tracks remind you of your past and remind you of your background and remind you of all all the things that set against you in this world to be able to fight through constantly. And really, if you think about it, that's what I talk about in the book a little bit, is, is, is that survival mode. Because I know a lot of people, a lot of people I've spoken with, they say things such as, I'm a champion in Christ, I'm an overcomer, praise the Lord, and they give me all their, you know, their Christianese jargon, and then they turn around as if they have to sort of convince themselves. Then they turn around after that, and when they do, then they say, life is nothing more than survival. And all of a sudden, I stop and I listen. And I say, that's not true. What you've just done is you've just destroyed everything that you feel as if you're trying to believe or you think you believe because you really don't believe that. Because if you believe life is nothing more than survival mode, then I have news for you. Then all that champion and warrior and more overcomer, none of that means anything to you. And it's not going to mean anything to God either because your mind is already set of a lifestyle of survival mode. You are not called folks to survive. You know, I remember... Back in the day, uh, uh, if you remember, you know, Beyonce, and she was in a group called Destiny's Child, and uh, they had that song called, you know, I am a survivor, you know, I'm not going to give up. And it was a good song, actually. You know, it was like, it was very positive, and it was uplifting, and it was like, you know, uh, just a really, it had a lot of dynamic words to it at, at the time. You know, uh, when she was with Destiny's Child, it was actually a good band, you know. But then, if you notice, we took on that survival mode to say, I'm a survivor. survivor. Here's the key thing. There are things in this life you will be a survivor in. But your lifestyle should never be of survival. There's a big difference in looking at your life and saying, I'm a survival because my lifestyle is I'm surviving, I'm surviving, I'm surviving. Versus, you know what, I overcame addictions over here, so I'm a survivor of that. But then you have to incorporate that within your life that is not survival mode, but it's thriving mode. My life is not survival. My life is thriving. My life is successful. My life is celebrational. My life is full of joy. So, so even though how, even though you might put all those Christianese jargon words, you know, of that language within there and hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'm over the, I'm overcomer. I, I got the head, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm a, I'm an over, I'm above and not beneath. I can overcome anything because I'm an overcomer. But then if you look at these people, you'll notice that they try to convince themselves so much of things that, that really are not so much true. Because it's almost like, are you trying to convince yourself of something that you really don't believe? Yes, unfortunately you do. 
because you're not a survival. You're, I mean, in other words, you're, you're, your life is not survival mode. And when you begin to try to understand why can't I have a stress-free life, Jeremy? Why is it my life, you know, uh, why can't I begin to move in peace? You know, the Bible says that God will give you peace that surpasses your natural understanding. Why can't I move into that? Well, you know, is it normal, Jeremy, for me to, in, to have peace maybe one hour a day and the rest of the 23 hours a day are just miserable? You know, no, that's not how life is supposed to be for you. I've died to give you life and life more abundantly. So there is abundance of life. And when you go through trials and tribulations, the Bible says, and I love this, it says, you know, in this life there'll be trials and tribulations. But immediately it says, but be of good cheer. For I've overcome the world. Notice, notice the remark, I've overcome the world. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Which means he's already paid the price for you, so you don't have to pay the price. And those that move in survival mode or survival lifestyle mentality, they're acting as if they're having to pay the price. Uh, some of you just got that, didn't you? Because a lot of times people find themselves saying, I'm paying a price. Oh, God must really love me because I'm going through all of this. Which is the most ridiculous phrase I've ever heard in my life, you know? You know, I'm getting hit by the devil so hard, I must be doing something right. You know, all these phrases really are not biblical. Nowhere in the Bible do you find these phrases legitimate. And so, you know, it's, you know, there's used to be an old saying, which is, you know, um, what is it? Uh, higher levels, bigger devils. And I'm thinking, where is that in the Bible? There's no such thing. But when you believe it, it will be your reality. And yet, truly, you will start being hit with bigger things because you've convinced yourself that I'm a survivor. You know, I'm fighting the, I'm fighting every day. When the Bible says you fight the good fight of faith, so the only fight, quote unquote, you're fighting is actually to maintain your powerful faith to call those things that be not as though they were, to see life as it, as it is from a kingdom point of view. And your life will be just that. And once again, will you have trials and tribulations? Sure you will. Will you go through pain and sorrow and death? Sure you will. We're guaranteed, unfortunately, we're guaranteed out of the Bible that this life will, will bring forth those type of things. Abandonment, rejections, you know, humility, you know, uh, uh, all these things. These are just parts of life. However, when you, when you, when you were hit hard with these things, these things don't have to hold you down. That's the difference. When you are on survival mode, Survival mode means that these things hit you and keep you down. And you find yourself trying to dig out of the hole of these things. But when you understand my lifestyle is not survival because I'm not a survivor. I'm, an, I'm a true overcomer, which means that I've already overcome. Overcoming means I've come over something. If I've come over something, it's behind me at that moment. If there's a wall in front of me and I have the power to jump over it, then I don't turn around and face the wall over and over and over again every day. I, if, I, if I jump over a wall, that wall automatically becomes behind me that was once in front of me when I was on the other side of it. And so that's not survival. That's overcoming. Because I means I've come over something and now it's in my past. It's now behind me. And when you begin to have the mentality that is behind me, it's no longer in front of me. Therefore, there is no warfare in front of me because it's not in front of me. Unless I create it to continuously be in front of me, then I will begin to be in survival mode, right? So when you understand, if you want to live a stress-free life, I'm going to give you a lot of points you've probably never heard before in the book because my, my my whole objective to this book is to open your eyes to understand what really is a stress-free life. And you can have it. Do I go through things in my life where I'm like, uh, 
You know, there, there are times I want to take my computer and throw it against the wall. You know what I mean? Because it's like internet won't work and I'm busy. You know, I just, I just want to just like take something and throw it against the wall. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like, ah, uh, you know, because sometimes you just get that frustration, you know, mode where it's like, I just want to just throw something, you know, or, or whatever. But the truth is, you know, once you calm down, you start laughing at yourself. Do you not? I know I do. But here's the key thing is I don't allow it to affect my whole day. Because once I go through something, I'm over it. And once I go over it, I realize I've already, I've come over it. So I'm overcoming, I've overcome that thing. I'm not necessarily overcoming, I'm over, I've overcome that thing. And so because of that, it's now behind me. And because it's behind me, I, it'll never be in front of me again unless I choose for it to create the reality, the persona, the shadow effect that is now in front of me again. When God's like, wait a minute, hold on. You know, shadowing effects are what David did. David said, Yea, though walked the valley of the shadow of death. It was nothing more than a shadow of death. It wasn't death itself. That's why God gave him the rod and the staff. If it was death itself, God would have intervened and done a lot more because a rod and a staff doesn't save you from death. Amen? Death has come to me and I get a rod and I begin to strike it with a rod. It's not going to happen. All right, there's two different dimensional things here. So that's not the right weapon I would need, right? And so if you think about it, that did him no good if it was a true reality. But it wasn't a true reality. It was a shadowing effect of death. And because that, David understood because he recognized what it truly was. And because of that, God gave him a rod and a staff to begin to prepare himself to walk through the valley. So in other words, what he did was he focused on the valley, not a shadowing effect of death. Because he knew that wasn't reality. That wasn't real for him. But yet he could have made it real for him to walk through it to be death. And death might have could have swallowed him up. Think about that for a moment. But he didn't. So rod and staff had nothing to do with death. Nothing to do with even a shadow. But once you recognize it's merely a shadow because you've already overcome it, and then, you, then you take on new, not weapons per se, but tools. You know, a rod and a staff are not weapons. This is where people miss it. You know, I'm, I'm geared up. I got my armor on. I got my, I got all the weapons going. And, and Christians, especially charismatics, I mean, we love all the drama of weaponry and, and, and being dressed like a bride in a dress with combat boots on. I want, to, I want somebody to say, that's a really weird image I don't want to see. Okay. Just me personally, I don't want to see me in a white wedding gown with boots on my feet. You know, because it sort of, it just, it just entangles my mind in what? You know, it makes no sense. And the, and the reason why it shouldn't make you feel the same way as what is simply because of the fact it's a wrong image. In the New Testament, we're not fighters. In the New Testament, we are, we are more than overcomers. In the New Testament, we're sons. We're not warriors. We're sons. And that's why in the New Testament, you will not find the word warriors and you won't find the word soldiers. You find sons of God. Sons of God are the highest privilege and honor we've ever been bestowed upon us and given to us. Why would I want to go back and begin to lower myself and dishonor myself into a frame of mind that I've got this weapon in my hand, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, oh, I'm surviving, I'm fighting, I'm, I'm just fighting so hard today. When God's like, well, when you get done with the shouting effect, knowing that I've already overcome it, then you let me know and we'll, we'll continue with, an, with, and I'll show you what a true overcoming life is supposed to look like for you, right? Because when you go through things, let, and it, let it bounce off of you. When someone passes away, that's why we see when someone passes away, we see the word sorrow and grief. Two different things. When someone passes away, you, you're going to be sorrowful. You're going to be sorrowful because it's going to break your heart, and it should. And you should cry like a baby because you love them so much. And you're going to feel the pain of, the, of, them, of them leaving you and knowing you can't see them again in this life. Absolutely. But with that said, you also have to remember that sorrow can take on a percent 
persona of grief if you're not careful. And grieving is a bad thing. And people stay in grieving for many months and even years to come because they don't know how to be able to move through sorrow and not let the shadow of the death of grieving come upon them. And that's why it's so different, folks. And so there is such thing as a rabbit trail. It does take you deeper. But when you begin to understand, wait a minute, I'm not a survival mode person. Uh, you know, I'm an overcomer, which means every day I have the right not to survive, survive, survive. But know that when things come my way, trials and tribulations or pain or suffering or agony, I can walk through it with my head held high and I don't even need weaponry to get through it. Because David, the most powerful man we read about, that's the most famous man in the whole Old Testament, that was king, and yet everything else that he was, you know, didn't even have weapons on him when he went to the valley. He used a rod and a staff because weapons are not as more as powerful as you think they are, folks. I'm going to be honest with you. What you need to realize is more powerful than weapons are tools. Because once you have a rod and a staff in your hand, you, you know, you'll begin to realize my whole dynamics just change. My whole scenery, the imagery of, of what's standing before me just changed. Because if I bring weapons into a situation, I'm showing my life, I'm prophesying to my life with these weapons that I'm about to engage in a fighting game, of, like, a, like a fighting war here to see who's going to win. I don't want my life to see that image. I want my life to say, I've got tools. Why? Because tools prophesy to my day, prophesy to my life and my situations and say, I'm going to build. I'm here to build. I'm here to fight. I'm here to build. And that's why I only fight the good fight of faith. And that's why he's already overcome. So I can experience joy in the midst of a, of a battle or a warfare, I could I call it that for lack of better words, when it deals with trials and tribulations. Are you going to go through a lot of warfare in your life, certain times of your life? Sure you will. But don't take your weapons into it like I'm going to fight, 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 fight. He's already overcome the world, he said. I'm taking my tools with me to build. While you, while you, while you exhaust yourself fighting, I'm going to, I'm going to build myself up to build with the tools I've been given because I recognize I've already, I've already come over something. It's behind me, not in front of me. And so I'm not here to fight. I'm here to build. Sons of God build. Soldiers fight. Is it wrong to say that? No. Is it, is it, is it not of God to say that? No. It's okay to say that. However, it's time for you to upgrade yourself because we go from glory to glory. Quit fighting and start building, right? And I know many of you are like, well, you know the Bible says in Ephesians. Let's talk about that for a moment. Even though, you know, uh, I wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Exactly right. And what that says is this. Principalities, it comes from the word principles, which in the original language means mindsets. I didn't say it. Jesus said it, or Paul did, whoever said it. Paul said it, right? But the original language just, it literally means that. I'm fighting against principality. I'm fighting against mindsets. The very first thing it starts off with is saying you fight against mindsets, thoughts. That's why Paul said what? The thing I don't want to do, I do. Because he recognized he's fighting in his mind. The carnal mind of man is God's enemy. You read over and oh, taking every thought captive. It never says taking every demon captive, taking every devil captive. But yet the church wants to make it about the devil. When God's like, don't, 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 don't discredit my word. Don't dishonor my word. When I've said he's already, I've already made open show of him publicly. He's already defeated. Why are you trying to twist my word and bring an antichrist mentality to my word? T take out the devil here. 
He's already defeated and take out the, and, and, and take these things out and don't rearrange it and put into context what needs to be in context. And that is we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against mindsets, principles in the mind, because they rule our lives daily and determine how the outcome of a situation is supposed to look is, is going to look like according to what I think. Right? That's why I cast down vain imagination. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge, which is the mind of Christ, I need to cast down because knowledge is empowering to me. And if I move in knowledge, I'm going to be empowered, right? And so these are techniques, these are things that are biblical that help you to realize survival mode people are fighting. Man, I got to get the victory. I got to pray in tongues for five hours. Oh, I got to, oh, what devil's after me? Oh, the strongholds. And, and now there's new words, there are new phrases people, that some of these people are coming up with. You know, that deals with, you know, um, I don't even know some of the words they're coming up with. It's like they're create, they're literally creating their own persona of warfare, and it breaks my heart because the truth is you're creating this reality that doesn't need it doesn't need to exist in your life. And so when you go through things, go through them with tools to build, and you'll come out cleaner, you'll come out stronger, you'll come out faster, you'll come out on top, and the, and the situation will be behind you, and then you will realize you're an overcomer because you came over something. And then life will go on with joy, with grace, with peace until maybe one day something hits your heart. So, you know, when it talks about, and here's the thing, when it talks about Ephesians putting on the armor of God, you need to read what that means in the original language. The armor of God. You know what that means? You're literally putting on Jesus. That's all it means. You're putting on the persona of Christ. You're taking on his mind. You're taking on his heart. His breastplate, which is basically meaning, you know, a, a shield, which is, which is, you know, against the fiery darts of the enemy, which there we do hear, we do hear about the enemy. And what it means is the fiery darts that are, that are thrown at you. Here's the beautiful thing about this. When you think of fiery darts throwing, being launched out at you, if you have a shield, it just deflects them. Just deflect some. It's all so so you so you have the power in you to just deflect. Bounce off. <laughs> I, lo I love that. Just bounce off. So when when fiery darts and, and things are thrown at you, then you put on Christ and watch the Christ nature in you because you've already decreased. God's already increased in you. And so what's in what's left in you is Christ, the hope of glory. And it, he just deflects all that stuff as long as you're clothed in him. Right? And so you keep your mind on things above and not below. Having your mind on things above means I'm seated in heavenly places where there is no warfare. Right? Isn't that true? There's no war in heaven. And so if, I, if I'm seated in heavenly places, I should be able to look at from a perspective of I'm seated, which means I'm enthroned, which means I'm powerful, which means uh, I'm not fighting. I'm above and not beneath, so therefore everything that's a warfare, devil-minded, whatever you're going to call it, is underneath my feet. So because of that, I just have to change the thought, my thoughts. If I change my thoughts, I will truly change my life. And, let, and, and know the battle is not mine, the battle is the Lord's. If I learn to deflect, then I realize I don't, I, then, I, then the shadowing effect of war, you know, that, I, that, that people want to say I'm in, I can, I can allow that to come upon me, but I choose not to. I choose to say it's a shadow effect. This has already been overcome by the Lord. So why am I wanting to engage in this? Why do I want to put on some combat boots? Why do I want to, you know, fight, get some weaponry and, you know, and destroy and, and oh man, oh me, survival and fight, fight, fight. Why be exhausted and get all that drama stirred up? Why don't I just say, you know what? According to the scriptures, you know what? I have a shield of faith. It's, it's, it's God. It's Jesus. The breastplate of righteousness. 
Now, so this is what, when you see pictures painted with a bride with all this garment on, notice what it says. A breastplate of righteousness. It's not really a, bre- a breastplate. It's, a, it's an imagery God wants you to see of what protects you. So when you say, I'm putting my armor on. If you're not righteous, you're not putting your armor on because righteousness is the breastplate, right? Shod with the preparation of peace. It's peace. So when you see these pictures, all they are is they're, 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 they're playing mind games with you that you're trying to, that you're fighting with armory on. This does not speak of armory. This speaks of what they are and what they do for you. My weaponry is righteousness. My weaponry is peace. Right? Helmet of, you know, salvation is, is, is that's my, that's my quote unquote weapon. So in other words, all, all, all Ephesians is saying to you is if I abide by these things, I'm going to be perfectly fine. Think about it. I'm going to be perfectly fine. Because if I put on the things I'm supposed to be clothed in, the fruit of the Spirit, then you know what? I don't have to picture myself in, 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 in a warrior army outfit, fighting on the battlefield, with combat boots on, and a wedding dress. Because none of that is relevant and none of it actually is biblical. Because all it's asking me is if you obey Christ and move in right standing before God, move out in peace, move out in grace, move out in love, move out in, in knowing that salvation is, is the backbone of who you are, you know, from, from Christ, and that's all you got to do. So it's not saying engage. It never says engage in warfare. It says just put it on. If I put it on, I don't have to engage and fight. I'm just got to put it on. What I need to do is not engage. I just need to put it on. And I already should have it on me because I should be walking in these things every single day of my life towards me, towards other people, because that's what the scriptures are all talking about. And so the book holds a lot of powerful things that deals with how to be stress-free and say, man, I can let go of all that stuff off of me and I can be finally free to be me and be the Christ in the earth that I'm supposed to be because greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. And so why do I need to continue being a survivor when I can be stress-free and move into a stress-free, beautiful, peaceful life? And when things come my way, I just I just build my way through it. I don't fight my way. I just build my way through it. What better What better wisdom to take than one of the greatest men ever called David? What What better role to see than people like Paul the Apostle, who proved to himself? Thank God he didn't deceive himself. He proved to himself and proved to the world: I'm fighting. I'm struggling. Not really fighting, but I'm struggling. I'm fighting against myself between law and grace. And here it is in the Word of God. I'm showing you my fight, my weaknesses, and I'm struggling because that was my background as being a Pharisee. That was my background of being a legalistic person. I'm fighting through that. He didn't say he's fighting the devil. I'm fighting through that. And then when you get into Ephesians, it makes it very plain. Because if I just... This is Paul sort of speaking. If I just take on the persona of Christ and decrease and let him, and let, let him increase in me, that's my armor. That's, that's, that's all I need. That's all it takes. Casting down vain imaginations. Taking down, cast down principles. Test, casting down mindsets. Putting on the mind of Christ. Putting on the righteousness. Putting on peace. Putting on these things. The helmet of salvation. In other words, walking in salvation. You know, walking in these things. That's all I need. That's all it's saying. And so whatever you do, 
don't engage in a lot of this stuff that people want you to engage in that deals with, you know, I'm putting on this armor, I'm going to fight. And you know what the key thing is? To be honest with you, it's so easy to fight, it's harder to walk in peace. Think about it from a point of view of Christ. Does Christ want you to say, Get your armor on. Come on. Put that on, brother. Fight. Begin to, you're in survival mode. You've got to begin to destroy and fight and tear down. No, that's not the nature of Christ because guess what? It, it, that right there st- could stir up me and you and anyone else. And it sounds so inviting. But it's so easy to do. If somebody gets mad at me or you, let's just face it, it's so easy to cuss them out. So easy to punch the lights out. So easy to just knock them down. I mean, that's the easy thing. That doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that it's so easy for all of us to want to, want to do that. What's harder is turning the other cheek. That's your armor. What's harder is to love your enemies when they, when they despitefully use you. That's, that's harder. And that is the armor. When I turn my cheek, I've just engaged in the biggest fight of warfare I've ever engaged in. I, I actually did what Christ told me to do. I turned you the cheek. When I walk in peace, and the Bible says with the soft answer turns away wrath, when I give somebody a soft answer, when they're screaming and yelling in my face and cussing me out, and I give them a soft answer, that is the strongest level of warfare you will ever find yourself engaging into that is truly biblical. Because then you just, you just soothed a wrathful mentality that could have stirred up See what I'm saying, folks? When you start really getting biblical, you start realizing, oh, wow, I have been believing so much drama that the charismatic move is brought to me versus what God really wants to say. So I want everyone to remember that today. And when you do, I want you to engage and get this book and find yourself reading it, moving in it, and then breathing in it. And you'll find yourself saying, wow, praise God, now I know what it means to live a stress-free life. Hey, as always, guys, go to the website, identitynetwork.net, and and download the book today. It's called Blueprint for a Stress-Free Life, or, or buy the paperback book, either one. This book will change your life guaranteed, hands down. Amen. Also, as I close, I always say this. If you don't like your day, everybody can say it with me. If you don't like your day, you can change it. How do you change it? Change your thoughts and you'll change your life. God bless. This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.